I'm Ray. And I'm Ruben. And this is the Rabbit Hole Ramble. It's a podcast where we, where we say, say the quiet part out loud. Dude, it's nice. been a couple weeks and look at that. We still got it. Sweet. <laughs> we have a special guest today. We will introduce him here in a minute. But before we do that, we want to make sure we talk about our sponsor, coffeeslingers.com slash rabbit hole ramble. Make sure you go there for your discounts. Hey, we just heard last week that one of our listeners went into coffee slingers and told the barista, I want my rabbit hole ramble discount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, I did, and the, yeah. And the, the one that was checking it was like, what? <laughs> yeah. She she ended up giving it to him though. Oh yeah, she so gave it to him. She, she believed know. him. She was like, okay. And then, uh, and then Isaac told the team and I was like, I don't think Isaac believed anybody was going to come in, but there's proof. Proof is in the pudding. That's right. Of that's people right. asking for a discount <laughs> because of a podcast. That's right. That's right. So we know it works. Go to Coffee Slingers over on Automobile Alley, 10th and Broadway is where their coffee shop is. Go check them out or go to coffeeslingers.com slash rabbit hole ramble for your discount. Yep. 15% discount on 15%. all online orders. That's, that's a big sweet. deal. Yeah, if you know anything about coffee, that's a big deal. It is. What are we drinking today, Ruben? We are, and I'm going to butcher it, so I'm going to have you say it after me correctly. It is. Nah, I'm just going to let you do it. Maracatura. Ooh, he was nailed pretty, it. Was that pretty good? Dude, nice. nailed it. Nailed it. All right. <laughs> I even brought the coffee bag up here because I was like, as I was making it, I was like, there's no way I'm going to remember that name. Yeah, good <laughs> and, job, man. And, I, and so I read it. Off and it's bag. from Guatemala, which is oh, yeah. phenomenal coffee. It's got some hints of blueberry in it. Ooh. Mm. Vanilla. It's pretty good. Yes. And chocolate. And that allspice, is that like allspice, the cologne? <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. I don't I don't taste that, but now it's in my mind. I know. So you just kind of. So that's going to taste like cologne. No, it's like really cologne. good, actually. It's it's good coffee. Maracatura. What do you think about it, Woody? Uh, I really enjoy it. It's got a nice, smooth uh, flavor to it, and it smells really good. Woody's sitting there with his new mug with his rabbit hole ramble sticker on it. Sweetness. It's rocking, man. We better take a picture because sometimes we forget and then yeah, our guest leaves and we have no picture. So show us your, there you go. Boom. Nice. And then we're going to take a group shot. Ruben, lean in there. Get your head fat head out of the way. All right. Sweet. Nice. So our guest today is Woody Burpo. Woodrow Burpo. Woo, woo. Oh, Woodrow. I, uh, I met I met you a couple years ago. I'm trying to think. Four years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Three, four. I don't know. Whenever it was. Um, tell us about yourself. Who are you? And why in the heck did you come on the ramble with these two jack wagons? <laughs> why did you say yes? That's, that is the overarching question. Uh, well, I said yes, obviously, because uh, it's two of my best friends here. Let's go. Sweet. Uh, friends. You. Love it. Love the community. Love their hearts. So... Uh, as he said, my name's Woody, and uh, the Woodrow is my middle name. Okay, Woody so Woodrow? Tons of people. Nice. Well, I thought technically it was... legal name is Walter yes. Woodrow. 
Burpo. I got oh, okay, an email okay, from okay. a Walter Burpo, and I was like, who's this fool? Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> who's this fool? So, but my mom called me Woody unless I was in trouble. <laughs> oh, so course, then if I, you're course. in trouble, it's the full name. Of you course. Know? So, but uh, hell, all the way from Kingfisher, Oklahoma. Kingfisher. And so, nice. you know, 45 minutes north-ish of where we're sitting right now, and uh, grew up there, and uh, gave my life to Jesus early on, grew up in the church, uh, really gave my life to Jesus. It quit being a relationship with my parents and Jesus. It started being a relationship with me and Jesus when I was in the eighth grade. Um, And I still remember in the eighth grade, I used to make these cross uh, on a whole piece of paper. It was a cross and I made it with a colored pencil and I taped it to my locker. And I used to have to take about 20 a day because people would rip them off and I'd put another one up there because yes. I was resilient I was resilient. <laughs> That's the, really the word good. of Jesus. I was That's going to do it. That was my witness. Uh, so did that. Uh, grew up going to youth camp. Loved it. And uh, felt a call to ministry very early on. You haven't stopped on. going to youth camp, man. I haven't ever stopped going to youth camp. Still going. <laughs> Woody's going to be 80 and he's still going to be I going to I feel like that's camp. the story of like most ministry leaders is like, you start at youth camp Set and me. then you keep going to youth camp. But you ran you ran youth camp even as oh, a missionary. I did. Oh, of course I did, but yeah. I I always found a way not to go. Oh. See, I always I'm a party to go. pooper, man. If I go to youth camp, I like getting on to everybody. So I just want them to have fun so I don't go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well the older I get, the more I'm like that and I'm like, Man, remember when you were a youth pastor and you used to be the one getting everybody in trouble and right, yep. kids right, right. to the ER and stuff, yeah. you know? It's like <laughs> That's who I want to be. Somewhere along the, the line. The 80s and 90s were amazing for youth camp, man. I mean, 2020 is more, you got to be careful, but <laughs> in yeah. the 90s, we didn't know that. <laughs> well, I still remember a youth game. I was in charge of games and we did it and you had to take off your, you were in a relay and you had to take off your neighbor's sock. So gross. Put it over a can of Coke. Oh yeah. Open it and, and drink, drink the can of Coke the whole through thing. your sock. Yep. Your neighbor's and, sock. Oh, dude, yeah, somebody else's sock. Oh man, I had and they did it. I had a few parents dude, in that were so mad, but the kids never even thought twice. Oh no. Oh, never. they don't. Well, you don't. Your brain's not developed. You don't <laughs> yeah. know what's happening. <laughs> They're like, "This is awesome." People in are cheering for me. Two thousand two, man. This was. I mean, it's been a bit, but two thousand two, I went to camp with the pastor and his wife, and I was, I was, I work, I worked in 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 uh, at a telecom company, but I was about to become a missionary. And I decided I'm gonna go to youth camp. I'm hanging out with these kids, and the 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 pastor's wife fed me chocolate covered Cheetos with her toes. Oh, and I'm laying on the ground on my back, and that's she is real feeding bad. me <gasps> Cheetos with her toes. Ooh, that's bad. That's I mean, I, borderline throw I, up. I can't even think about it. I was like, Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, in my nose. Dude. It was down my. I mean, it was terrible. terrible Better terrible. the pastor's wife, who's probably not running around. No, yeah, she and was wearing all sandals, dude. It was like, yeah, it okay, was gross. all right, deal. I was that, thinking, like, this breaker. is what happened in Jesus' day. You know, they fed each other Cheetos with their toes. Mm, doubt <laughs> it, but okay. <laughs> Dude, we played a game where uh, you would freeze mayonnaise and then you got a scoop of vanilla ice cream and three of them, uh, three of them were real vanilla ice cream. The The fourth one was mayonnaise, mayonnaise. and you had an ice cream eating contest and the, the kid with the mayonnaise just, I mean, they just devour it. And it's like, after it's all gone, you see it hit their face of like, I don't, that wasn't ice that cream. That wasn't vanilla ice <laughs> like, cream. <laughs> That is so bad. So we played a game for several years. This has been like two or three years ago called What's in My Jello. 
And it was a jello eating contest. Oh, no. And what Come I did on. is caught a bunch of bugs. Yes. Boiled them in water was oh, my no. excuse. I told people, I boiled these. I boiled them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're clean. They're clean. They're disinfected. But I put everything back all kinds out. of June bugs. And then the center one was one of those big, huge moths. Oh, no. And it was worth 10,000 points. And we had 12 teams and not one team didn't eat that moth. <sighs> they ate it. Every you have to single. You bit. had to eat, had to eat it, it and I, to get the points. What I want to know. What I want to know is what does that have to do with Jesus? It has nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> it has so everything terrible. to do with having fun. Okay. It really That's increased really your prayer life, though. Yeah. Like I, I hope know. I don't die. I don't know. I don't. We know. had several trash cans. Several people Buchan lost and, it. Oh you know? yeah. But it was just to have fun, and hopefully they would remember that. And then the hope and the goal is: remember when we ate those bugs, and then. Jesus turned our life upside down. He took the bugs out of my <laughs> gut. Oh no, dude! <laughs> that is so bad. Please man. tell just... me you talked about the Bible story of you know um, John, John the, the Baptist desert, man. He just eating, eating locusts, locusts and locusts, honey. Locusts, you know, man. I mean, but he couldn't biblical. find any locusts. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I Moths. just found out that locusts are not what I thought they were. No, my whole life I thought locusts were those little brown, you know, locusts. And that's not what a locust is, right? A locust is just a grasshopper. It's a grasshopper. It's like an oversized bird grasshopper. Okay, yeah, and yeah. A, and So you were thinking a cicada. cicada. Yeah. Right. Oh, and yeah, I yeah. grew up saying, that's a grasshopper, and that's a locust, the little well, thing Well, John would have starved because they come out every 19 years or something, the yeah. cicadas. <laughs> <laughs> like, God, please send food. That's why he only lived a year, you know? It's like, oh, crap. Well, the plague of the locust, I just think of yeah. those giant cicadas, things and how yeah. loud it would have had to have been so for cicadas, loud. but yeah. it was grasshoppers. Dude, that's perfect about the last episode, talking about Bible misinterpretations, you know? Oh, Yeah. We talk about. Let me ask you a oh. question. Ask oh, me a question because I have another good now, one. You're a pastor. So, <laughs> hey. Woody, it's pass or fail right here. Okay. Was when, <laughs> when was Saul, when did, when did his name, when did God turn his name to Paul? Uh, he didn't. Yes. Okay. He knew it. He was born with two I names. I almost spit <laughs> my coffee out all over you. <laughs> But I only learned that a, a, a while ago when I was researching it because I was going to preach a sermon about God changing your name. <laughs> so and I'm going through there and I'm going, wait, so God didn't change his name? I know, name? it wrecked my world, dude. It's <laughs> it proven really up after he preached it four times. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was on the fifth time that I realized I had been preaching incorrectly Error. forever. <laughs> so I was in a homiletics, no, not homiletics, hermeneutics class. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, in Bible college. And they brought up the scripture of it's easier for the cam- for a camel to go through the eye of a needle okay. than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he said, I would like you guys to write a paragraph about what that means, but just from what you've heard, don't do any research on it. You okay. Know? So I'm like, oh, dude, absolutely. I know this. I've heard pl- many preachers, you know, the, the, the needle is this little stone thing at the end of a, a, of a city and the camel has to get down on its belly they and push crawl it through, underneath yeah. it and he and the camel can get through it but it's very very difficult and actually has to be trained how to do that and that that was what jesus was talking about and so man i'm putting it forth and showing him what that is and i turned that paper in and dude he's like so woody i'd like you to read yours first oh crap, <laughs> oh, no. crap. 15, you know and i stand up there and i mean i declare it like it with is conviction the authority oh, yeah. word of god because i heard not one, not two, but three different pastors preach about that. that I've never, I've was. actually never heard that. You haven't? No. Dude, I heard it my whole life growing up. That same exact story. Yeah. I've never and heard it's that. it's just not true. I mean, 
literally the the verse goes on to say what's impossible with man yep. is possible with god they're saying for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven is impossible hey did you ever hear a message on what the shepherd would do to the little baby lamb when he'd throw it over his shoulder and bring it back home oh yeah. actually i do remember but i don't remember what it was but i remember hearing that did uh, you ever hear that in a message that on the yeah. way back the shepherd would like break the lamb's break leg the lamb's to leg. keep him close and, and then nurse it back to health? Then nurse it back. To I health. preach that. No, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. No. I'm telling you, dude. As that a is so wrong, as a youth dude. pastor, I'm telling you. I I know. I'm gonna I, traumatize dude. a lamb. <laughs> I, I, seriously, yeah. I'm gonna injure it to death. I'm telling you, bro. Like, <laughs> and this, that's what the, Jesus the will thing, do to you I, if you if you stray. The fact that God Holy allowed crap. me to continue in ministry is a mystery to me. <laughs> Oh, He's man. like, you idiot. <laughs> like, oh, what are no. you doing? So I, we're, you, you talked to youth camp, and youth camp is such a it triggering was, I didn't event. Appreciate youth oh, camp. that's a good thing. Well, I've, I've heard it at youth camp. But. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but it's like a triggering thing because youth camp is the source of a lot of people's awakening, a lot of people's calling, a lot of people's yeah. like inspiration to do something with their lives for, for, for God. And unfortunately, <laughs> I think youth camp has probably been the most, I don't know. It's polarizing because people hang their whole calling on that event mm. instead of the process God has done since birth, and it's not calling. It's just a. It's almost like a rainbow that you're like, oh, that's my sign, you know? <laughs> God, give me a sign. Right. Oh, I see a rainbow. Yeah. Sweet. You well, know? and I think the danger in that is like having that one specific thing is like we become really protective of that one specific thing, right. and the right. moment well, all our faith is on it. it gets interrupted or like challenged, that's when you're like, dude, 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 you're messing not just with that thing, but you're messing with my entire like- My whole life. Well, if yeah. you preach on the eye of the needle and you preach on the name change, Paul, Saul, Saul, Paul, and you preach on breaking the leg and that's where your calling was, how do you recover from that? Because <laughs> it's all wrong. <laughs> oh man! And that happens. I mean, yeah. th let's talk. Let's be real. Because you've been in church how long? Um, like when did you start going? I mean, I've went my whole life. So, so your whole life. Years. So your whole life. Wow. And so you grew up in a culture that you know nothing else. Right. That's same with me. Dude, first Sunday, my mom. Boop. I'm in church. You know, yep. what I'm saying like I was there before the church even opened. Absolutely. Uh, Reuben was young. No. Um, same way. I mean. I mean, he was there. So we have this bubble culture that we were in our whole lives, and it is a miraculous miracle that we are still here. Yeah. Because how many of our peers in camp, Sunday school, Bible college, how many how many of our peers are still even in ministry or even in church? I mean, that's pretty rare. Yeah. I tell I tell Reuben all the time. It's a <laughs> it really is a miracle that we're still here. Yeah, and I mean, and I think it's a supernatural move of God. Like, and we can give credit where where credits due because, humanly speaking, and all the things that we've experienced growing up, and some really negative things and challenging things that we've had to process through as adults. I mean, somebody could look at that and be like, "Dude, you're dumb for like you're dumb for continuing in in that." I had a kid ask me at camp, I spoke at a middle school camp the other day, and one of the leaders asked me, he said, why, I've been asking a lot of people this, why do you still follow Jesus? And I was like, that's a really good question. Well, do you think there's a slight bit of mental illness in this process? Like, I've thought about this quite a bit. 
Like, is there some kind of mental illness that keeps us driven forward? Like, I know it's supernatural. So, I mean, I can, I can talk the supernatural talk, but I'm talking specifically like, have you ever considered that there's maybe something wrong with me? <laughs> and that's why I'm still here. <laughs> I've actually never, I, no, I'm not. Sorry to put that in your head. Yeah, I have, I have, I've never <laughs> thought about that, but I hope I don't have nightmares because yeah, yeah, of this yeah. right here. I just you know? gave you both a, a, trigger, a bad, bad. Because when I was a kid, I used to, I used to, uh, I used to have dreams of the fact that I passed away and then I realized it was all uh, yeah. made up. Dude, right. That thing. somebody else made it up and that it wasn't real. And when I wake up, I would panic. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I've experienced God. Not like I do, I'm not living vicariously through right. Ruben's relationship with God. Right. I have a personal one. But mm-hmm. I think there's so many people that they've hung their faith to a camp speaker yeah. or a pastor that shared a testimony. Mm-hmm. And that's what my faith is in. So then if that comes tumbling down, yeah. now right. I am. I'm out. Yeah. Well, well, or even an experience. I mean, right. you have an experience that's kind of disconnected from everything else and you hang it on that and then it never happens again. I don't know. It's yeah. like Moses in the burning bush. I mean, that guy actually was in the presence of Jehovah right. and Elohim. And he was there in the presence. And then how many times did he wander out, have trouble, beat the rock? I mean, it was like he, there was problems that he had. And so I think a lot of us have our one experience or one message or one thing that just triggers us mm. and we hang our <laughs> everything on that. And then we get frustrated when, that doesn't fulfill. Dude, wasn't it wasn't it you that one time speaking of like having dreams? Didn't your brother or did you do it to your brother? Tell us that story. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I my brother was he grew up, he was so scared of the rapture happening and him getting left behind. Now remember, we grew up in the nineties. Yeah, but okay, is this so is left this behind uh, series Dust- and is this, this Dustin? Is Dustin. <laughs> this is Dustin. Okay. So we grew up. With this the left so behind bad. books and, and all this stuff. Yeah. And you need to listen to our last episode. Man. I do so, need to. I, I, total disclaimer, Woody has no idea how our episodes are going. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I've listened to, I'm, I'm not caught up yet, but yeah, I have but. listened to a, a few of them and I love them. But so in that, we grew up talking about end times that Jesus is coming, you know, and basically, man, if John the Baptist can preach, repent for the kingdom of God is near, you know, like it's coming. And then here we are 2000 years later, it's like. I mean, it's coming. Yeah, it's right? got to be closer, so, right? A day is like a thousand years, and right, a thousand yeah. years is like a day. Exactly. And you know, we tell ourselves this. So, but I mean, dude, I we kind of grew up with the the idea of of of, of fear almost. You know, didn't you it, convince yourself that you were going to be the guy that was the pilot, and you were going to like have the revolution, you know, the revelation force, and all that right. stuff? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if I do guy. get left behind, what am okay, I going to do? do? And how yeah. am I going to? Yeah, all of the things. Right. 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 So. But Dustin was deathly afraid to be left behind. Crap. And I had this great idea, and I convinced my mom oh, and no. my stepdad to help me. That's so one so night, bad. we got home. It was late from church, okay? So we oh. got home. And on the way home, we had talked about, you know, when the sun's setting and the moon's rising kind of at the same time, and the moon kind of looks a little reddish. Yep. Right? Oh, okay. no. So the moon is turning to blood. It's the blood moon. <laughs> right? Oh, the blood no. moon. It's coming. And so we talk about that and whatever on the way home. And then when we get home, mom's like, hey, you guys hurry up and get in the shower. So I, Dustin gets in the shower, and I convinced my mom and my stepdad to push the couch out a little bit, and all of us get behind the couch and be really quiet and make Dustin think the rapture happened and he got left behind. That's so bad. So Dustin gets out of the shower (laughs) and Dustin is also deathly afraid of spiders. 
So when he gets his bath towel, he always whips it because he wants <laughs> to make awesome. sure there's nothing in it. So you hear him get out of the shower, turn the water off, you know, water quits running. And then, you know, the, the towel comes and, back and you there laughing. drying off. And we're, we're just like, I'm like, and you hear Dustin getting out and he's like, mom. Oh, no. Oh, no. Dad. Woody. And then he's like, oh, no, I got left behind. And I mean, he's like crying. He's crying out to God saying, forgive me. Like all of that these things. That is so terrible. I come running in there because I feel so <laughs> guilty. When I get into the bathroom, I see my brother on his knees oh, crying out to God. Repenting. Because he thinks. I got left behind. That's the 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 craziness. Oh, that dude, that is awful. Kid. That is awful. And that, that's <laughs> what we talked about last episode. Not that specific, but like the whole trauma. Yeah. Of being left behind. Yeah. And what was the uh, back in the '90s? It was very popular. You went through it normally around Halloween or whatever, oh, yeah. and it would be like Judgment House. Yeah, Judgment House. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they still do them, dude. God. There's still some that do it, and it is terrifying, dude. Yeah, terrifying. I I'd mean, rather go through a you know satanic house because <laughs> it's just like I don't know judgment. And I understand. I mean, I get the side of yeah, it's reality. I mean, you can you can go to hell. It's a real place, and you can spend eternity there. And I get it. But my goodness, and I've learned it being a dad too. Fear is the worst. It's not a good motivator to do anything. That's not yeah. good. If I'm fear of people and I want to do this, it won't last. If I'm if I try to make my kids afraid of me, oh man, to get them to obey, oh that's awful. And if I'm and only then what you're doing to their future? Oh gosh, yeah. Later on, the ramifications of it are exhausting. Yeah, because the moment it. they push the limit past the fear and they realize, oh. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm st yeah, I, I'm still alive. Like then it's like, see ya. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm gone. You know, because like, and then I'm exploring all kinds of things, and I push back, and that's why we, I think we see a lot of deconstruction of all like, all these people's faith because they've kind of pushed the limit, and they realize like, oh, God, like I didn't get struck by lightning. And I just did something that somewhere someone along the line told me that like God was gonna kill me and send me to hell like immediately immediately yeah. and you're I just exactly did it right dude that happen. is the deconstruction culture because the fear is no longer there and it's the fear the scare fear not the fear of like wonder awe and respect right, right, it's yeah. the fear of like crap i'm gonna afraid. die yeah afraid yeah. fear so i think i think i think you hit it right on the head i think that is the deconstruction culture but ra rapture, fear, that anxiety, all that. I think that has to do with all of us traumatizing our siblings as, as a kid <laughs> and our parents and then at people at church. And it just, yeah, I don't know. You'll have to listen to the last episode and see because I haven't yeah. changed my mind. So I think I'm still on the same track. So Check it out. Yeah. yeah. I got a couple calls from people in my family. <laughs> oh. Just talking, not bad, just like, yeah, huh. just Well, yeah, and we actually got a response on the uh, our social media page yeah. our instagram page that um somebody said thank you because they were like it caused me to uh dig in and to say oh like i've been taught this my whole life and i just took it at face value because of the people that i you know respected but then you know uh, and somebody sent us a picture of like uh, be like the bereans <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and uh you know i think I think we just take some of these things like be like Saul. the Chaldeans or the Bereans. <laughs> okay, <laughs> We're gonna mess I know. Up. I already stink in 
I already owned up to that, okay? I know, I but it's just funny. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we don't edit it because we make too many mistakes, or at least I do. Yeah. So there will oh, be too do. much to edit. We all do. Yeah. I said, I said, uh, wasn't it the wasn't it the Chaldeans who like you know studied scripture? Studied scripture to I was like, like I make think sure. Chaldeans killed the <laughs> Israelites. Like, no, or something. Yeah, he goes, no, that wasn't the Chaldeans. Oh, good, 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 cool, 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 cool. Awesome. I'm so glad it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh man. No, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. What what is so you growing up in in church? Somehow you made it now to be a pastor, church planner, and it's like when you were a kid, was that even ever even in your head that you would be eventually a church planner, a pastor, that you would be in full-time ministry? I mean, what? So when I really gave my life and it started becoming my personal, because I think I grew up in a, as a kid, I felt like God was at church. Right. And so right. I had to go there for repentance. I had to go to the church building for to meet God, had to go there to worship God, all this stuff. But oh. when I, my youth pastor started really challenging me to do it at home, to take God home with me. Mm. And man, it really did. It rocked my world. So the, about the eighth grade, that's when it really started, where I started spending time with God. Uh, I even created a, my mom probably would have killed me if it was for anything else, but I created <laughs> a do not enter sign that I put on my room. And I put, I printed it at the church and it said, do not enter real big. And in parentheses, it said, because I'm praying. You got some little praying hands there. (laughs) And I thumbtacked it to my door and, you know, we were studying the scripture, going to your room, shut the door, pray. And so I did that. And man, I really do think that that is where I really began to encounter God. And that's part of it. Now, as that, I went to a youth camp and it's still the youth camp that I help out with. And I really felt the Lord calling me to youth ministry, that I really loved it. I loved the impact my youth pastor had on me. Now, here I am. I'm an eighth grader, you know, and my whole life I had said I wanted to be a a lawyer because I was good at talking. I wanted to be a race car driver. (laughs) You're still good at talking, man. Yeah, there you go. Still, all the same. All of these things. I I mean, I grew up, my grandpa raced on a dirt track. Sweet. And so it was always a dream of mine to to do that. We'll have to get into why I didn't get to do that before, but... Had a four wheeler wreck and oh. it run it run my career as a race car driver. So the church should be thankful because if I didn't have that four wheeler wreck, I'd probably just be a missing a few more teeth riding around on a dirt track. That would be awesome. He said missing a couple more teeth. The church better be thankful that I had a wreck. Oh, yeah. no, oh, no. Oh, no. It's terrible. That if we so still bad. believed that God struck people with lightning. We'd, we'd be ducking right now. It's a good thing we're sitting across the table. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so good funny. Right there. But so in the eighth grade, I really felt this call to want to do and be a part of the change that my youth pastor had had on me. And so early on, that's what I did. Now, I went to school and I didn't like the guys that said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a youth. I'm going to be a youth pastor for a little while. And then until I can be a pastor. Mm-hmm. So I grew up always saying, no, I'm going to be a youth pastor for life because I didn't like the idea that youth ministry was a stepping stone to get to pastor it. I really, really disliked that. So I said, no, man, I'm going to be a youth pastor for life. So that was my plan. Uh, I did it for eight years and loved it and enjoyed it and still help out with youth camps because I love youth ministry, you know, and, uh, so all of those things uh, probably run my church uh, maybe more like <laughs> a youth atmosphere <laughs> than, 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 than most would, you know. Um, but just the idea that fun 
yeah. is part of it. Yeah. Man, it's important. So I grew up independent, fundamental, King James only Baptist. That's how I grew up. Okay. Ruben, how did you grow up? Same way. Yeah. Independent, fundamental, King James, King James, only, James only, Baptist, yeah, super was, legalistic. Yep. How did you grow up? What was your upbringing? So I grew up with uh, uh, Pentecostal charismatic. Okay. Very, uh, very heavy in the charismatic, um, you know, slain in the spirit. Yeah. Deliverance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All of those things. That was my upbringing the holiness side of things yeah. the the idea of uh, was it legalistic or was it very it was it was actually i would say <clears throat> yes legalistic in the side of there was a lot of rules and a lot of yeah. people that were attracted to this that were way more legalistic than us mm. um but I mean, what about like dress code and you know personal yeah, holiness so, behavior that kind of stuff so that would have been considered more legalistic <clears throat> yeah. you know it would have been a very much you know this is what women do this is what yeah. men do you know women dress this way and men dress this way and you know i still remember now but the the crazy thing is is that my pastor wasn't so far that way mm-hmm. um my pastor uh, gave his life to Jesus, and the Lord just really rocked him. He was drinking, um, I, I think, he, I, if I remember right, he used to say a quart a day vodka. Drink dang, Gina. So I think that's a lot, right? A quart? I would think <laughs> so. You say dang, Gina? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a quart of vodka. I don't know how he functioned. <laughs> yeah, but that's how, that's how, and, and he said that God just set him free from that, you know, and... Um, he got saved underneath the previous pastor okay. and the pastor went to the board and wanted him to be come on staff with them and help them. And they said, there's no money. And so the pastor, my pastor, when I was a little kid said, okay, we'll give him half of my salary Cool. and brought him on. So it was just really cool. But for him, I still remember him uh, telling me on the side because we lived by each other that he was mowing his front yard in shorts and a church member drove by and called him later that day and said, we're leaving the church because wow. you're mowing your Ooh. yard in your shorts. And he goes, <clears throat> I, and he, he's telling me, he said, and I just told him, Woody, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I'm glad you don't see how I mow my backyard. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the movement that yeah. I grew up in. The backyard in, is the Garden of Eden, yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah, but it, it, you know, it attracted <laughs> the people that were very hardcore in it. But I think that the leaders necessarily weren't, you know, uh, as hardcore. Isn't that interesting how churches and how people in churches are? Even to this day, I mean, it's just like a pastor could be a certain way and then the the congregation is their own thing. Right. Especially today with all the influence of growing up and history and culture and all that stuff. So in your upbringing, you went to church as a, a charismatic Pentecostal. Yeah. So how did that how did that form you from you know birth to eighth grade? You know what was the experience expectation? Uh, we were at church a lot. Okay. First of all, so yeah. you know um, at church all the time, uh, serving, um, but very much on the side of all things are all, not all things, but most things in the world are sinful. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. if you do them then you're sinning mm. and you have separated yourself from God. So that's why you're in church all the time. Yeah. And so you're in church all the time because you want that to be the priority mm. more so than that. So a lot of don't love the world, you know, so if the world's doing it, we didn't do it. 
Yeah. You know, mm. so the, you know, it was very heavy into um, not listening to secular music, <laughs> making for sure Christian music only. Uh, movies were very like, I still remember I was watching a movie with some of my friends in high school and my stepdad comes home from work. We were watching a VHS, if this tells you anything. <laughs> Rented yeah. it from Blockbuster. Oh, there. oh yeah. <clears throat> and uh, watching the movie and he walked <clears throat> in the door and literally, I think there was maybe three or four cuss words in the whole movie. But right when he walked in, of course, the, the, the person on there said, what the H mm-hmm. and he didn't do anything except for push eject. He took it. He opened the front door and threw it outside. Oh, didn't even say nice. He walked back in and goes, well, it looks like party's over. And, and all of my friends, 60 bucks to blockbuster. Yeah, all of my friends <laughs> left. I was like, all right, see you guys, see you guys tomorrow. tomorrow. Wow. You know? So it was very much like, we are protecting and we are set apart and holy and all of those things, but kind of to the nth degree of it was really yeah. uh, how I grew up. So I will say that I'm thankful for that because it did keep me, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if pure is the right word, but a little bit more cognitive of what am I putting? We used to talk about it all the time. What am I putting in the portals of my life? Mm-hmm. And the portals of your life are your eyes and your ears. That's how you're taking in life. Okay. You know? So what am I watching and what am I listening to? And I can tell you, uh, because they were so legalistic, man, I really did stray away from it. I mean, dude, when I was growing up, I did not listen to secular music, or at least that's what I told the public, Right, is that I didn't listen to secular music. <laughs> and even when I got to college, one of one of my staff members right now, he'll still tell you a joke. He was the RA when I got there. So I came into this Christian university as a junior. And so my I was coming in and I'm going to create a new Woody. Right. And uh, so I asked him, I said, hey, so what's the rule about secular music? Like if I'm in my dorm and the people down the way, if they're listening to secular music, like is that allowed? And I remember him being like, I mean, yeah, they can listen to whatever music. I mean, they're not allowed to have foul language, but, you know, they can listen to whatever music. And my mind was like, what? You guys allow secular music here? Yes. And it was just, I don't know, it was kind of mind opening. But I had a stereo, I had a $3,000 stereo system in my truck. I mean, yeah, I listened to, uh, uh, oh, what was the uh, Christian, was it uh, uh, Grit, Grits? Grit, who was oh, the? Who, when was this? Who was the? We're talking. This is in like two thousand, early two thousands. Hmm. Oh, dude, my life be like, ooh, yes, <laughs> I know what you're talking about, dude. Just sing it. We sing sometimes yeah, on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it just, just had saying? it had a good beat, and so I would listen to that. But it's almost like you know, POD is that who was that? No, nah, I did no. listen to some POD. <laughs> I, did, I, did listen to some POD I listened too. to some POD back in the day. Youth man, of the but, Nation, dude. Uh, oh yeah, that was a good it's song. Awesome. <laughs> And then my uh, rebellion was or OC, you know, uh, was that called OC Supertones? Oh, the Supertones? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so see, and we, we grew up listening to them and going to concerts and I don't know, but it made it where it was almost like you hid things that other people didn't want. I so think that's what a, I was asking is like, was this, it was, it was grits, br- dude. Was it grits? Yeah. Well, that's well, what I was, be like, yeah, go ahead and sing it. Uh, oh, I remember that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I, that's what I was wondering. Like growing up in a place that is very rule driven mm-hmm. in religion, 
you know, it's a religious experience, very real driven, my experience. And then you're like, when I was a kid, you and I would have never associated and you probably wouldn't associate it with me just because our denominational structures were, we felt like each other were of the world. Right. Right. But we were both in a system of rules that pushed people into hiding. So if they were dealing with some sin or dealing with some kind of, you know, bent or dealing with some kind of temptation, you couldn't share it. You just hit. And so did you have that experience too? I was like, yeah, you so didn't necessarily deal with that stuff that was inside. That was the, now I grew up, <clears throat> I'm a very, I mean, it's crazy that y'all are on here and not going to edit it, but I'm a very transparent guy. Yeah. And I think the reason is because I saw so many people when I was younger that were hiding it. Well, yeah. it's same with us. And, and same and with so us. That's, me, that's why we operate the way we operate because we grew up in that way. And we're, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. You're millennial considered probably, probably. Gen X or millennial. Yeah, 80, Ruben's right a millennial. Mm -hmm. And there's this drive for, we're not going to do what they did. We're going to be transparent. If yeah. I have problems, I'm going to share it. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, I still remember uh, I shared with my accountability partner at college some of my sin yeah. that I was struggling with. Okay. And they, uh, they were helping me walk through it. Yeah. And cool. then another person that they helped hold accountable. Now, this was school accountability groups you know hmm. yeah and so but he was helping someone else we didn't have those man we didn't believe in those <laughs> we didn't believe in those yeah so but for him they uh one of the kids one of the guys in college they'd gotten a girl pregnant uh -huh. and so it's one of those things it's kind of like well i mean we didn't see what you did but we know what you did yeah, yeah. you know and so right. he had gotten some consequences from that and the accountability guy thought that that wasn't right. So he went and said, hey, if you're going to get them in trouble, you also got to get Woody in trouble and this guy in trouble and this guy in trouble and this guy in trouble. <clears throat> wow. And so they had called me in and just said, hey, Woody, we heard that over Christmas break, you had done this. And I was just like, yeah. Now this is April. So Christmas break, four months ago. Mm -hmm. And I had really decided at that moment that I was done playing games. Yeah. That I was done being a Christian Monday through this is a, how many, what, freshman in college, sophomore in college? It what? was a junior in college. Junior in college. So eighth grade to junior in college, this activity just kept going. Yeah, well. Well, and, I don't know if it kept going. And but. even, I think that it wasn't until I was a senior in high school that I really, I fell down the, I fell off the bandwagon. So from eighth grade till I was a senior, it was, I mean, it was pure. I wanted yeah. the Lord and I wanted nothing to do with anything else. And then when I was a senior, and I got a little bit of freedom. Yeah. And it was one of those things that I did this and, oh, I didn't die? Yeah. Mm. Then I just kind of ran with it. And I kind of really, if I'm honest, I really kind of ran from what I felt God was calling me to do. Yeah. And I ran from it all the way till I was a junior in college. And so, but. Isn't that interesting? They asked me about that one thing. And I just told them, yeah, I did. I've dealt with it. And um, talked to my accountability partner. I'm assuming that's how you found out about it, you know? And because this is way before a bunch of other technology that we have. And so then I left and five minutes later, I was just like, oh no, if you're going to call my sin, let's call my sin. So it was a woman that had asked me about that. <laughs> and so I called her and said, Hey, are you, are you still, are you still in your office? She said, yes, I am. I was like, I'm going to come back. I'd like to share some more with you. And I went back and said, Hey, you had asked me about this. And I did do that. And as a matter of fact, I did it every day of Christmas break. And not only did I do that, but I also did this and I also did that and I also did this and I also did that. So if we're going to get my sin on the table, let's put it out there. 
I want you to know everything that I've ever done. And the look on her face was like, blah, 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 blah. what did you just say? <laughs> wow. But it was one of those things that I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah. running from that. I, I watched people run from that. That's my past. And that's what's crazy is that it's getting brought up four months later. I think if it had gotten brought up and it was my current Like sin, super fresh. It yeah. might've been a little bit different, but it was something that I had went home and talked to my mom about. Wow. And said, mom, this is things that I've done. What's the freedom and, from like exposure and transparency and vulnerability? What's the freedom? Oh man. Well, I mean, the idea of the fact that I don't, that I'm not trying to hide this, keep this a secret. Oh man. It allows you to wake up every day without the, cause when you keep it a secret, man, that's when the enemy gets to just beat you with a club, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did this in public, but you're you. doing this in private. And yeah, yeah, this is what's happening. This is who you are, all that stuff. Mm. When you bring it to light, he can no longer say this is who you are. Cause Loses you're all saying, power. Yeah. This, yeah. It takes all of that away from it. And it's, it's really a mental game in your own self. Mm. You know, you get, you take away the ability that I have to condemn me because I'm saying, no, that is, that is who I was. I was that guy mm-hmm. and I still struggle with those things, but I'm trying to get away from those things. Yeah. Yeah. Let's so, talk about like you mentioned something uh, even in your upbringing about holiness and you have a, a past which we can get into a little bit more about like, you know, burning things and you were part of a movement where it was all about like, let's rid ourselves of this. But I think if we can talk for a second about maybe our experience with holiness or how it was defined for us, because for me, uh, growing up, holiness was always tied to behavior. Yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. the challenge that we face is we don't deal with some of the deep matters of our heart because if it was like, if I can just paint this picture and avoid these certain things, then I will be holy. And, you know, the set apart movement. And it was like, we're set apart, not because our hearts have been transformed, but we're set apart because we don't do these things or we do these things. It's all external. Yeah, it was was this external thing. So maybe talk a little bit about your, your experience in that. And I think as a naive teenager growing up, that's what I really thought. I thought that holiness came from my ability to do what is right. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And yeah. that was what holiness was. So it was it, like grit. Like if I can grit it and I knuckle just, it and yeah. let's go. If I can white knuckle long enough for yeah. Jesus to come back. Wow. Yeah. I mean, right? So it was one of those things that the ability that I had to say no to sin. So when I didn't say no to sin, I thought I'm doing something wrong. Right. And then it also, it's one of those crazy things. And I laugh about this a lot is that I look at your sin and I literally wrote this in my devotional time today. I look at your sin and I think it's absurd because I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> wow. That's good. But I don't look at my sin with yeah. the same absurdity. Because yeah. I understand why I got there. Because I know why I'm doing what I'm doing yeah. or I, I'm tempted by that. So I look at somebody that's struggling with, let's say insecurities, right? And I look at them, I'm like, oh my God, dude, get over yourself, yeah. right? But I don't struggle with insecurities. It's not a temptation of mine. It's not something that I struggle with. So I think the insecurities are absurd, but then on the other end of it, pride, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I mean, that's something all of us deal with, right? Mm. No, no, 
Pride is something Woody deals with. So I put that on everybody else. And if I don't deal with it, then I think you shouldn't. And that's the culture that I grew up in Mm. is I grew up in a culture of this person didn't struggle with porn. So when I struggled with porn and I talked to them, they would just say, well, stop it. What in the world? Yeah. I'm trying to just say no. Can, can you, can you give me some more ability? And it's one of those things that it becomes an addiction and somebody that's not addicted to it doesn't understand the addiction of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's all sin. It's not just something like pornography that is a very mental addiction that you can have. But I had that. And I still remember people saying, hey, you're in leadership. You're doing this. And I would tell them that I would that I was struggling with that and I needed some help. And do I need to take a step down or take a break or whatever? You know, What do I need to do? Because I've, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I can't overcome it. And their response to me was, no, you just need to quit it. And if six months from now you're still struggling with it, then mm. we probably need to sit you down and you probably need to come mm. off of leadership. Mm. Well, what did I do? Well, I never talked to you that person again. Yeah, you just hit it. Ever. Mm. I never talked to them ever again about that problem in my life. And they didn't bring it up because they probably had their own thing they didn't want to bring yeah. up. And then as I got older and I started talking to people and I asked them, hey, why didn't you tell me more than just stop it? And they said, well, the problem is because I was struggling with it too, and I didn't know how to stop it. Hmm. Wow. So how could I tell you what to do? But because they were in leader, they didn't bring me alongside and say, hey, I struggle with it too. Let's find a solution. Because they were waiting for that special moment where they arrived as well. They were waiting to get there. Right. To get to freedom. And then when I get to freedom, I'll tell you how to get to freedom. And it's like, dude, aren't, aren't we all on the same journey? Yeah. Trying to experience freedom, trying to get to freedom trying to get there and well, what if freedom doesn't happen to you see jesus face to face you know i mean yeah. what if it's this this little by little you're putting that to death you know yeah and it's a it's a continual battle to say no to the things that we know are contrary to what god says is life-giving or at least someone told us do. was and so i think there's the you know there's a difference between there's things we know don't do this because that's damaging. But then there's other things that someone told us was damaging. And it's like, that's because for them it's damaging. And I'm not, I'm not saying like pornography or right. you know, certain addictions. I'm just talking about in general, the culture of legalism or control becomes one of, let me keep moving the boundaries so that you can become more and more and more holy. And so then certain actions or certain looks or certain locations like movie theaters or <laughs> things become off limits because I don't want to be tempted with that thing yeah yeah you know or shorts and, uh, you can't wear shorts you can't, you can't wear shorts you can't cut your grass because i might see your calf muscle i might see your calf muscle and be like calf muscle yeah. <laughs> and i think that came from uh men telling women they shouldn't wear so then it's like okay well if we shouldn't then you shouldn't right right and then it becomes a pharisee driven type yeah i'm gonna create all of these rules because the more rules i have the more holy you can be right there's a book Whoa. called accidental pharisee by larry osborne talks about Ooh. that and it's that thing where we begin we continually put up our own boundaries and then we project it on other people so if yeah. you want to be good do these things wow so really good book and so and you even said my holiness and even your uh, relationship with God hinged on your ability to do what you thought and was no. right or right. holy and yeah. or not do the things that were not. And so 
I think there's a generation of people who have hitched their faith, hitched their salvation Mm. to their ability to do or not do. And I'm like, that's super dangerous. And I'm, I mean, I think there's a, there's a part of me that is like, I had to like break free from that mentality because well, you Jesus never, met us there. And I think the yeah. thing is a lot of people never have a Jesus encounter, but inside they have this voice that tells them you're not good enough and sorry, dude, you're not in. And I think the whole generation, I mean, a, a full, my generation yeah. was like bull crap, but there's people that walk through it still sitting in our pews, still sitting in church's chairs, <laughs> no, no pews, but it's like sitting in the chair on Sundays in their minds, deep, you know, deep down, there's a quiet voice that says you're a bull crapper you can't do good enough. You're not doing good enough. Yeah. And it's the whole idea of that's what temptation is. Temptation is Mm -hmm. a carrot that's dangling in front of you saying, don't you want this? Yeah. And And the temptation is not the sin. It's the follow through. Yeah. That's what gets you. And so I'm looking at that. And for me, obviously what's dangling in front of me is things I want to do. I'm not tempted with drugs. Right. Ever. I've never done them. I don't want to do them, but I'll tell you, I think a big reason why is because I do have an addictive personality, man. Mm. I'm, Same you, way. you, you yeah. let me watch a TV show and you'll catch me at three thirty four in the morning and I got to be up at five thirty. <laughs> I'm still watching that show because I want to see. And you're binging because that's what our culture allows I'm, you to do now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm addicted to that. So I knew, dude, if I ever touch drugs, bro, it's over. Yeah. But for me, since I've never done it, it's not a temptation. So then what ends up happening is. I tend to be very critical against people that do struggle with drugs mm. because it's not my temptation. But then the moment you bite the carrot, so it's hanging out in front of you, yeah. you're tempted with it. And uh, the Bible says each one of us are dragged away well, and away, enticed yeah. 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 by oh. our own oh. evil desires because we're born yeah. into sin, born with a sinful nature. And I've got that in me. Right. And that's still in me to this day, right? right? I'm trying to crucify it. Well, the shadow's still there. Yeah, yeah. But then the moment that you eat that carrot, oh, dude, the enemy takes the stick he was holding the carrot with and hits you over the head and says, you idiot. Yeah. yeah. You call yourself a pastor. Shame you, and yeah, guilt. shame and, and guilt. Yeah. And then that, he gets all the power in that because he'll take it where you think you can't minister, where you can't be sweet to your wife, where mm. you can't be good to your kids because you are an awful human being. Yeah. And he just beat you with it. And but the culture we it. grew up with was that temptation is evil, not the follow through. And so because wow. we grew up in a culture where the temptation was evil, I mean, Jesus was tempted and was he evil? Right. I mean, it's like we look at characters in scripture and they were all tempted. Like uh, Jesus said that Peter was going to be sifted like sand and be, you know, the, the enemy wanted to get him. So he was tempted over and over again. Does that mean that they were evil? It just means that they were human. Right. And so Jesus was fully man. And so the difference is he showed us a way that you can escape. Well, when my culture growing up was just the very fact of the temptation means you were evil. Mm-hmm. Well, that's crap. That's yeah. not that's not real. So the whole generation grew up with, I'm tempted, I'm evil, I can't even be in this thing, so I'm out. Instead of everyone's tempted to be led away by their own lust, you know, their own desires, right. And here's the path to freedom and here's the path to an abundant life. And that's the one Jesus gives you, which is an escape. 
freedom over sin. He, he, he nailed it to the cross. You, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You can actually live in victory even when you fall. You can live in victory because your sins are already taken care yeah. of You know, 2,000 years ago on the cross. And I think there's where the, the misinformation of holiness or separation or the culture we grew up in made people feel guilty and ashamed for being tempted. And they never did anything. Like if you had that thought. Yeah. If you even had that thought, you're just. And then you, and you didn't have anywhere to go to tell somebody that you had that thought to say, Hey, here's, here's where my mind's going. Here's where my heart is taking me because I'm inherently evil. Right. Help me fight this before I find myself in a ditch somewhere and don't know how to get out. Or give me language to be able to process it. Let me. Let me, let me work through, and it's not like, I mean, misery enjoys company. So it's not like yeah. if, if you have an addiction to coffee, like we all do, <laughs> we get with each other that love coffee and it's a fun thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're addicted to porn. You get it with other people that love porn. It's just, you're not going to necessarily help each other out. The process is if someone on the outside says, here's my struggles and it's not like yours and here's things I do to help sort of work through mine. Let me help you. And then you're going to help me with my stuff that you don't deal with. Right. And so it's like, it's a give and take transparent, vulnerable relationship because now I'm going to give you weapons to use against me. And that's our thing is like, I know a lot about Ruben. He knows a lot about me and we have like nuclear weapons. They're not pointed at each other, but they could be. (laughs) And so if I go down, he's going down with me. Well, that's, and that's the problem with, I, I believe that it came in. It started from pastors that let people in. Mm. and see their humanity, mm. right? Now, I believe, uh, I, I had a professor in college said that what got Jesus killed was not his spiritual supernatural side. It was his humanity. Oh, yeah. They were expecting God to come. So the fact that Jesus slept, he ate, he drank, he was human, they didn't like that side right. of it. And for us, people don't like our humanity. <laughs> so I think that we grew up with, like my pastor you know, he's declaring, and then people are driving by saying, dude, you can't mow your yard in your shorts. It's like mind-blowing, but then they actually, that's something silly, but then they actually confide in somebody, mm. and then that somebody then comes and says, oh, yeah, well, you're mad at me for doing this, but have you heard what Pastor Ray did? Mm-hmm. And then now everybody attacks them yeah. and then thinks, well, you're supposed to be better than all the rest of us. So I have said... Any any point in time that I'm going to stand on the pulpit, I'm going to make for sure that you know I'm not better than you. Well, it's the simple I'm title of pastor has evolved or changed into something that really is not legit. Like uh, an under-shepherd is really what we are, and maybe an overseer, but this idea of pastor, that's Jesus. He's the shepherd. He, he, and what, what we are is just followers. And and people put us on a lo- another level. I say people. I think pastors did it to themselves. We did it to ourselves. But put <clears throat> us on a graduated superior level of spirituality and look at me and follow me. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that's satanic. We need to like say, I'm nobody. Follow Jesus. You know? and, and it's the idea. I, I grew up hearing it our whole life, Jesse and I, mm-hmm. that leadership is lonely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I get where they were maybe coming from or that they couldn't confide in anybody or right. whatever. Yeah. Well, I just said, no, I'm, I'm not going to be lonely. I'm going to be a leader and I'm going to put people around me. Yeah. I'm going to, from the beginning, tell you, hey, I fight with my wife. <laughs> I don't want to and I'm stupid and I'm dumb and I do it over stupid things, but I fight with my wife. 
But I grew up in a culture where the people from the pulpit would say, hey, my wife and I, we don't fight. Yeah, we're perfect. And it's this idea of, you don't? So the fact that I do means that I'm not, I'm doing something I haven't graduated yet or I haven't gotten there yet. So I need to spend more time with you and figure out how do you do it. And then I hang out with you and I realize, oh, wait, so you guys fight, you just fight different. Yeah. You just hide it. You just, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have, you know, and they would say, oh, we don't fight, but we disagree. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. That's personality, right? I don't, so, we fight, but we don't, I don't hit each other. We don't hit each other. We, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> we so, don't throw plates at each other. Yeah. We, don't, we, don't, we don't do that. But it was the idea that they created. And so then therefore what they did is they quit having friends because those friends would attack them. Yeah. Yeah. If, it, if they did anything and then it did, man, it, it made us isolate. And then dude, the devil loves isolation. Oh yeah. Oh, oh he, feasts on it. he can. First Peter five, man. He's a lion. Yeah. I'm actually going to start a series here soon about the war and it's the wage war. And it's that, that's that, you know, isolation. You're the lion gets you. Mm. Um, but it's that internal stuff. It's not that external stuff. It's the internal stuff that matters. Uh, uh, speaking of internal or external stuff, um, Ruben asked you earlier or, or mentioned it. And we actually mentioned in our last podcast about things you do to show people that you're externally conforming to the, to the system. So tell us about some of your, you know, tape burning stuff. Yeah. So we, I, so I grew up obviously with, uh, and, and, and I say this with a smile on my face, uh, this idea of holiness is based on what you do. And, uh, so it was one of those things that every, you know, every now and then we would have a 55 gallon drum in the back of the church. And this was mostly with youth and we would, uh, put a fire in it. And then anything that you wanted to rid yourself of, Oh yes. You would put in the barrel and you would burn it as a sign symbol of God, I want you to burn this out of me. Right. So (laughs) I mean, and I bring the fire and I, and I laugh because I, uh, yeah, but it was like, it's funny because you grew up, um, Pentecostal charismatic or charismatic Pentecostal, however you want to put it. I don't know if there's a difference, but, um, and, and we grew up independent Baptist and it was the same. I didn't get the pleasure. My parents kind of left bef- left that thing before I got the pleasure of burning stuff. Oh. Except at youth camp. I got to burn stuff at youth camp. But <laughs> Now, I, I don't know if it was the fire that was intriguing, but I really did love it. Dude, Anytime I was a pyromaniac. I, it, I, I, right? I was a pyromaniac. We burned stuff. Yeah. So That's still to this episode, day, but... man, I like to, uh, people call me, you can call me whatever you want, but I, I like candles. And I think it's literally oh. like, I like to look at the flame. Yeah. And like, oh, wow. But like regularly when I get up in the morning, I don't turn on any lights. I want to light a candle. Wow. And so my wife will make fun of me because I like Bath and Body Works candles because they smell the best. Oh, man. And nice. so Jesse's just dude, like. some <laughs> of those Christmas ones, like the oh, marshmallow stuff. Dude. And dude, oh, we, just got our, we just got our Metro oh. side out, man. We're just like, oh, yeah, the man, cookie, the yes. Martha cookie. The, yeah. There's some delicious smells, dude. So, but anyway. I remember <laughs> I had a Hank Williams Jr. cassette tape. Okay. And I had gotten it from my dad, my real dad. Okay. Okay. Hank Williams Jr. I couldn't even tell you a song that was on it, but I liked to listen to it. And if I'm honest, I think I like to listen to it because I wasn't supposed to. Uh And there is, that's the problem when you go law driven is that, you know, Paul says, man, I, I wouldn't even known what coveting was had the law not told me don't covet. Yeah. So it's teaching me. Right. But then if I'm told it's the same thing as a kid. I mean, yep. you're raising a little kid. Tell them not to touch that wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, everything inside of them, what do they want to do? 
I'm going to touch gonna go the lick wall. It. I'm going to touch it and lick it. <laughs> and especially if you're not telling them why to not touch the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I think that that was it. So I listened to this Hank Williams. And so we're having a, 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 a burning and I'm like, God, what, what, what should I burn? And I'm, I'm praying, you know, asking like, Hey, what, what do I need to purge my life of? You know? And I saw and remembered amongst all of my Christian stuff, the Hank Williams Jr., and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to take that because I shouldn't have that. And that's sin and it's wrong. You know, and I don't even know Hank Williams Jr., man. I mean, maybe he loves the Lord with his whole heart. I have no idea. <laughs> so, but I take that cassette tape out, you know, and I take it to church and I burn it. All right. Well, did you watch it melt? And yeah, all watched stuff? it melt. Oh, so and cool. Said, yes, those God. tapes, man, those tapes oh, were awesome, gosh. dude. When and they the color changed the, the color of the flame. And flame. if you would, if you yeah. pull that ribbon out and let it watch that, it just sparkle. Oh, I bet it was cool. Magical, man. Magical. But then I remember <laughs> months going by and me wanting to listen to Hank Williams. So what did I do? You went and bought it. I went and bought it, man. No. <laughs> yes. So I went and bought it. But then again, here it is. And I don't know if it was conviction of the Lord or conviction of man telling me that it was wrong to listen to secular music, you know? And like I said, I can't even totally remember man, the song. Man. And totally man. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, man. Look it up and play it, Ruben. I've got to go burn that cassette again. <laughs> oh, so no. I took it to the next one and burned it, you know? Now, I will say. How many times you buy it and burn it? So I got it give I, I took it from my dad's house and burned it and then I bought it and burned it and then I believe I bought it one more time and I didn't burn it the third time I just kept it. <laughs> like I'm not telling in, anybody. Hidden in my Is there a Christian door, one yeah. I can burn? Yeah. <laughs> it's hidden hidden in, hidden in oh my, my door cuz I don't want anybody to know but I will tell you on that there was some benefits. So that maybe a little maybe a little legalistic, maybe a little hardcore, but there was some things that I really did experience freedom from. Uh, for example, uh, I had a girlfriend back in the day and, you know, we didn't have phones hmm. and, and text messaging and all of the things Thank like goodness, that. Thank goodness, really. Yeah. It was, it was, it was crazy, but yeah. we, I would write letters. Hmm. Okay. Now we saw each other frequently, <clears throat> but I would still, I would write letters and I would give it to her or I would give it to a friend to give to her. Check yes or no. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. <laughs> probably more than that. Yeah. So, but I did all of that. Okay. Well then. I saved all those letters mm. from her, but then we had broke up. Mm. But those letters, they were still like, I mean. It was emotional. Yeah. And so there was this idea one time that I had of like, wow, I, I really attached her. And obviously she's the one that broke up with me. I didn't break up with her. And uh, I realized that, man, I was really being prevented because i still really liked her yeah. and was dealing with that rejection mm. of well she didn't like me back mm-hmm. you know and what did i do wrong and what what's what's so you went and burned her and, is what you did no, yeah so I, so I burned her no yeah. <laughs> threw her in the bucket <laughs> threw her in there, burned, no but i did take the letters yeah and i burned them in there and i said god any tie emotional mm. spiritual physical any tie that i had to her i want you to break it and yeah. as a as a sign of that, I want to burn these so that I can't go back and read them. And get reattached <laughs> and right. all that stuff. Yeah. So I burned them. And so on that side of it, I was like, now there yeah. is a healthy thing we could burn. Yeah. Right? And that yeah. was, to me, so yeah, there was a lot of chaos. <laughs> but I look at it, and that's probably, I mean, dude, I can find the positive in anything you want to you want to throw oh, you're my a positive way. Guy, it's a, so it's, yeah. it's yeah. a positive. But for me, the positive side of it is I did see that 
idea of deliverance of, wow, man, I really did need, I really did need to be set free from that Hmm. relationship, you know, so that I could move forward and realize, wow, man, there's nothing wrong with me. Probably something wrong with her. Her loss, yeah. not mine. Yeah, you talk. <laughs> you, you talk about the the positive, and I think we can all say we can look back at our stories and and God, you know, supernaturally and in His power. I think He can take all of this stuff. He He is, and He has um, used our experiences to bring us to the place where we are today. And there's a journey, and there's a story being written with each one of our lives. And I, I even think about, you know, some of the things that used to tick me off, like about, uh, even my dad, like the way that my dad, uh, treated me. Um, and he never, he never abused us, but it was very, um, very like, you will do this and you will act this way. Mm. And if you don't, there's consequences. And, you know, it was very rigid and all those kinds of things. And so I, I brought that into, you know, you mix that. My dad was a military man. You mix military with, you know, legalism and all this kind of stuff. And you're just asking for like this, you know, rigid thing. And I look at that and I'm actually, I'm at a place in my life where I can say that I'm, that I'm thankful for some of those things as, as you are, you can see the, the thing in that, uh, the good in it. And it was actually, um, I came to look at it to say it was actually my longing to be good. And then a realization that I couldn't is what brought me to Jesus is Mm -hmm. like, I I really tried. I gave everything I had. I followed all the rules. I did, you know, I don't know that I ever burn them, but would definitely snap some CDs in in half for sure. (laughs) Broke Uh, broke some, even some, some Christian stuff like DC talk, uh, Jesus freaks was one of my favorite songs, but because it had percussion in it, because it sounded rocky, like you couldn't listen to it because it was of the enemy. And I know every single word to that song, because I remember there's this little side room in my, uh, off my garage. And I had this like a boom box, you know, one of those ones that you can picture people oh, carrying yeah. on their oh, shoulders yeah. and I would, I would play it and just jam out to it and felt guilty about a song about Jesus. You know what I mean? Wow. And so even that, like I rid myself of at some point because I was told along the way that it was wrong. So I followed all the rules. I did all the right things. I, I externally, and I got to the end of it and realized that I was still empty and wore out. And then I met Jesus who Hmm. said, I will take all your sin. I will take all your flaws. I will take all your past mistakes, your present mistakes and future mistakes. And I will put them on my shoulders and I will bear the weight and the punishment for you so that you don't have to. When I love you. I mean, I think that's what he says is that I love you. And that was the thing you were pursuing, you know, and it's like, because of that, not in spite of it, it's because of it that he loves you. Mm, Yeah. Because otherwise we wouldn't need him and he wouldn't want us. You know, it's yeah. like, it's an interesting relationship. And I think when Jesus was walking as a human on this planet, he's walking up to the religious leaders and he's just like, dude, you guys are just worn out. You guys are just worn out for generations, worn out. Yeah. That's why I'm here. And they just killed him. They couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah. And I think we today, we bear, we burn Jesus in the barrel every, all the time. Yeah. Cause we're like, mm, I need to do this on my own. I need to figure this thing out. I need to carry that burden. Hmm. And Jesus is like, Hey, I've got this. What are you guys doing? You guys are wearing yourself out. It's a, it's tough. You, you had a, I'm going to shift just a little bit where, dude, how long do you think we've been talking? Don't look at your watch. Uh, I'm going to guess about 40 minutes. 
hour and 10 minutes almost. Oh my goodness. Nice. So see, Woody's a pastor and a rambler just like us. He's a jack wagon just like we are. So yeah. he, he's, he's joined the, the club wagon. of the jack wagons. <laughs> but um, just to shift kind of at the, at the end of our, of our, of our topic, you, you had an interesting relationship with your dad. And I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you'd like to share some of that, um, your birth dad, like your, yeah. your natural dad. Um, and then how that kind of affected you and formed you also, you know, even to this day. Like, yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, my past is that grew up in a split home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my dad and my mom, uh, biological, they got a divorce when I was like one. Mm-hmm. So I didn't okay. know anything different. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a mom and a stepdad. And then I grew up with a dad and women. Yeah. Stepmom for a little while, then a different stepmom or wanted to be my stepmom. And then a lot of just women in and out and stuff. And my dad was a Christian and... Uh, and I didn't know this. I was shocked when I found it out because my dad, I grew up and I just knew that he was, I don't know, in my mind, he was living in sin and doing, his own, thing, and yeah. doing his own thing. And then when my mom was telling me, yeah, he was actually a really good Christian and, and, uh, and it's sad to even say a really good Christian, right? Yeah. Oh, so you see, you oh. see my past coming up as we're talking about it. I'm checking it going, oh yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's so a good funny. Christian. Yeah. Not just a Christian, but a good one, one that actually follows the rules and whatever. But yeah that he did that. And then, uh, you know, um, my mom had an affair and it really drove him. If that's Christianity, I don't want anything to do with it. Wow. And because of that, I think it left him looking for love. So my whole life, that's what he was looking for. I still remember, uh, dad coming one time when I went to the lake, uh, Whitrock Lake, anybody from Kingfisher will understand it was a pond, but we called it Whitrock Lake. <laughs> and I mean, if you can swim from one side to the other side, I mean, well, it's, pond, it's yeah. a pond. Yeah. 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 And if you could stand up in the middle of it, it's, it's a pond. <laughs> <laughs> but we still skied and kneeboard. And, it's a puddle and, if and, you can yeah, stand in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was a blast, but I was yeah, out there yeah. and, uh, I remember seeing my dad pull up and I was like, what is he doing? Hmm. So then I get out and he had called me several times and I didn't answer cause my phone was up there and we were out on the lake and I got out and I went there and he'd said, I mean, I was calling you because I, I want to know how you're so happy. Mm. I want to be happy how you're happy. Mm. And I remember just telling him, well, dad, I mean, it's, it's Jesus. Mm. I mean, the missing component in your life is Jesus. You, 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 you've, you missed it. The only way that I'm as happy as I am is Jesus. So how old were you right there? Um, I was a freshman or sophomore mm. in college. Mm. Oh, in college. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it, I was a lot older but I think he had just seen me like go through trials, go through tribulations, go through, you know, girls breaking up, whatever, you know, but yet I still found a way that I was happy yeah. in his mind. And so, yeah, man, um, that my whole life, I saw him searching and looking for something. Mm. He tried mm. to find it in women. He tried to find it in alcohol. He tried to find it in drugs. Um, he broke his back. He was working on my grandpa's roof. And he fell through the scaffolding, you know, because we use scaffolding with just yeah. two by sixes yeah. right. strung across. And yep. he was walking across one of them and fell and landed on his back and broke his back. Wow. Um, in like three different places and stuff, had several different surgeries, but it prevented him from working. He drew disability um, most of the time that I knew him, that I was old enough to know him. That's what he did is he drew disability. And so, man, he was really just looking, searching and, uh, you know. I remember being in college and I never could get him to go to church with me. But then when I started preaching, I could get him to come. Mm. He would come late. He would sit on the back row 
And as soon as I said, bow your heads, close your eyes, or as soon as I started praying and everybody, dude, he'd slip out. But he would at least come and, and see. No. And he was always looking for something. And uh, sadly, um, my dad took his own life. Mm. Wow. And when I was in college, Sorry, um, right after I graduated college, got engaged to Jesse, that's when it happened. Wow. And uh, But it was one of those things that he was just looking the whole time. And I think you had mentioned it earlier that he was looking for love. Yeah. Mm. And he wanted love so much. Um, and we don't have time to get into all of the things uh, that, that transpired that day. But my dad didn't take his life and make it instantaneous. And so he lived a little while after he did it um, and uh, told us in a text message that he typed on his little flip phone and saved as a draft. So he didn't send it, but he typed it. Um, but he said, you know, hey, don't worry. I've made peace with God. Wow. So he had enough time to do that. But the whole time he was looking for someone to love him. And that's where I think yeah. people are. And I think that me even growing up, I was looking for someone to love me. And I was seeking it through my pastor, my parents, somebody with skin on it. And I think that all the way up until that moment took place where I lost my father, that I started saying, you know, I lost my earthly father. I'm thankful that God gave me two because I still had a stepdad that mm. I loved and he helped, helped raise me, uh, loved me as his own and, and sacrificed a lot of stuff for me. So I'm thankful that I had two because he was still alive. But it made me really like, wow, man, I really have had the idea of a father has been misshaped and misguided wow. yeah. and yet God, our father, that's who it is. And I really look back on my life and see how many things I did to try to get that love and the mm. approval yeah. looking for it. So it was a true father wound that affected you. I mean, still, still to this day, it's there and it's, yeah. it's hard to project a heavenly father that's unconditionally loving and one that's earthly two that's earthly that you've seen their flaws. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, seeing it, I think I got to see both sides because my dad, uh, my step, my stepdad was in church and a deacon and, yeah. and, you know, sang yeah. in the choir and all the things. Right. But then my, uh, real, my, uh, biological father, he was not in the church, wasn't looking for that. Uh, you know, and uh, he tried to introduce me to the world. I think he was sheltered by his parents, and so he wanted to introduce me to the world so that I would know all kinds of things. So I got to see both of them and the flaws in both of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think really that really has shaped me to be a lot. But I also think I looked at it and we talked about what made me still follow Jesus all these years later and stuff. And I think it really was, it's really a, a tenacious in the faith hmm. of saying, oh, I see the enemy trying to prevent all these things. And I'm just going to, nope, my faith is there. And then my life's verse has been Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And you talked about it, hmm. that we can find the good and that God can find the good. And Romans eight twenty eight says that we know God works for the good of those who love him. So there's a supernatural, like a supernatural drawing to get you to this point. And, and you now lead a church 
you have two boys and you have a little girl on the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like mm-hmm. most, um, you know, we've, we, we joke and talk about kids and families all the time. Ruben's got a whole team over at his house. Now? Yeah. 12, 12? 13, 13. Yeah. I think he's a basketball team. Yeah. Right. And then, um, and then you're two and you said you were done, but you got another one on the way. So mm-hmm. you may not be done yet either. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try to ensure that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but how does all your experiences shape like, the way you lead your kids and then now you're in ministry and leading your church family. And because I don't think you have, you know, CD burning, you know, services. And I don't think you have some of the stuff that shaped you. You don't do that. But if it was so positive and it shaped you, why don't you do it? And then with your own kids, you know, you experience two fathers, three with a heavenly father. And it's like, that shapes the way you're, and you're about to get messed up with a girl. So it's like, (laughs) it's about to rock your world, but it's like, yeah. So, so, so how, like, how is it that you would even continue with a faith that is supernatural? And, and, and how does that shape you? Also, little quick pause. You keep talking. But um, one of the things we've agreed to on our podcast is that if our wife calls us, we'll always answer. If our wife needs something, we'll always do it, even if it's live on the podcast. So I've got to step out, let my wife in the in the door. You keep talking, though. Tell us about this shaping. Yeah. You know? And I think for me, what I did is I took uh, I took the good and the bad. And so in every situation, I took it and said, okay, I'm going to take the good and I'm going to leave the bad, right? So the idea of uh, burning stuff in a barrel, I saw a lot of like, wow, man, this is very much driven towards my ability to do something rather than Jesus already did it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're going to talk about a barrel burning, the best barrel burning there ever was, was Jesus hanging on a cross and my sin was put on him so that he could die, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think from there, I think what's really shaped me is, yeah, I've had good experiences and I've had bad experiences and I continue in the good ones and I try to leave the bad ones behind. But even the bad ones, I can still see, oh, well, God used that and he helped me and I learned. And it's it's one of those always a student. So I want to always yeah. learn. So I want to learn from anybody. I think any, I can learn from absolutely anybody whether it be learning good things or learning things like, mm, I don't know, I don't ever want to really do it like that. And so for me, I think that's what I've tried to do to be the person that God wants me to be is to try to say, hey, I'm going to keep striving for his perfection while I'm trying to leave behind my imperfection. Yeah. So I'm going to keep striving for that, not through my own actions, but through him. And that's where I read one time that, uh, I read uh, the the Bible verse that it says that God's grace teaches us to say no, huh. mm. not his punishment, not his consequences, not the negative side of sin. It's his grace. Yeah. So the fact that God was so gracious to me when I did sin, that's what helps me say no to ungodliness. Wow. And so when I took that in, I said, wow, it's God's grace. So then what helps my kids obey me? Is it my punishment? Is it my consequences? Or is it my grace? And it's grace. It, the, the, the verse says that it's grace that teaches us yeah. to say no. Well, so the here I am of, still learning. To well, and the no. wrath of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. And scripture says that as well. And that's, that rocked me. 
Because yeah. as a father, it's the wrath that we want to bring out because that's what's, it's almost reminds us of who we were and we're like, you're not going to be like me. So our wrath comes out, but wrath doesn't produce, man's wrath doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Um, so shaping your boys is a different, like you don't want them to hide. You right. don't want them to conceal their struggles. Um, your church people, you don't want them to conceal struggles. So how do you operate in a world of, I want to call you to holiness and not the holiness of separation, hiding all that. It's the holiness of, okay, you're imperfect yet. God is with you, you know? So how do you operate that way? How do you operate with your boys? How do you, they're young, they're still yeah. little, but how do you do that so that they don't hide? And how do you do that for your church people? So they don't hide. And the answer is, I really don't know because I'm still working <laughs> yeah. so much on it. As a matter of fact, I uh, I, I just shared with uh, my staff, you know, I've uh, went to three webinars uh, in the last like two weeks that says how to get your kids to obey without yelling at them, <laughs> right? Good. Because for me, my boys are young enough that if I just get big enough, uh-huh. oh, they're going to listen and they're going to do what I say. Yeah. Right. Except they're going to outgrow you. Then Except be in trouble. for eventually. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a run. So eventually, but eventually they'll get to where they feel like they can challenge me. Right. And then I watch them feel like, well, if I disagree with you, I'm just going to get bigger than you mm. so that you'll do what I want to do, play the game I want to play or whatever. So then I see that and I'm going, oh man, here I am. And I've done the same thing that I didn't like about my upbringing yep. yeah. and so I'm saying, Hey God, you got to help me because I, I don't know how to do this. Right. And so I'm saying, Hey God, be gracious to me so that I can teach them how you're teaching me. And then I do, I spend a good amount of time saying, yeah, God, how did you teach me to overcome that in my life? Mm. Well, you weren't taking out a, a stick and swatting me over the head with it every time that I did it. Right. It was really your grace, your love, and then showing me what it was that the consequences really did affect my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to make the consequences reflect the action so that they can realize they have a choice. Because every day I have a choice. Yeah. I can follow God today. I cannot follow God today. Right. I have a choice. I choose to follow God, right, today because I see the benefits of following God and I see the non-benefits of not following God. Yeah. So for them, I'm trying to raise them where it's like, hey, the choice is yours, Levi. You can do what you want, man. Because at the end of the day- He does anyway. They can and they will. Well, they're, they're doing it in his heart or in Yeah, in so yeah. You, can, you can do it, but here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the choice that you have. Wow. So if you want to put the phone away when I ask you, you can get the phone again. But if you're not gonna put the phone away next time you ask for the phone, yep. you're not gonna get the phone. Yep. And so I think even for me, I'm trying to change that because if we want to relay this to Christianity, sometimes in that don't listen to secular music, don't listen to secular music, don't listen to secular music, it's bad. Don't listen to rock beats, don't do this, don't do that. We're hearing all of that and it's like, it's bad for you, it's bad for you. So the consequence is it's bad, right? Hmm. So then we're raising kids and we're saying, hey, the consequence is you're going to sit in time out or you're going to get this or you're going to get that, but it's not related to the yeah, the action. action. Yeah. So the action is if you're going to disobey with the phone, you're not going to get the phone. If you're going to disobey at bedtime, you're not going to get this when you wake up in the morning, you know? And so it's, we've got to have that. And I think for me, that's what I've got to do is I've got to think about what's the consequences of this because it's got to be related to this in my life. Yeah. 
That's and good. so for that, finding that balance. Ooh. Well, it's continual learning. I mean, you never stop learning. Never. That's what you're basically saying because you went to conferences, your webinars, yeah. books, podcasts, whatever. You never stop learning. Yeah. Well, and kids will weigh out the, the, the disciplinary action that goes along with the, or that you've attached to that behavior. Like well, even whether like, it's fair or not it, fair. Yeah. yeah. Is it worth, I know I'm going to get a, maybe a spanking for this or a timeout for this. And then they weigh in. You can see them thinking of like, this I might be I'll worth t- it. Yeah. This yeah. might be worth it yeah. versus like tying the thing to the action and teaching them that there's natural consequences that relate to the things that they actually are doing is good. It's good. Uh, but as you were talking, I think, um, isn't it, isn't it freeing? You talked about the the goodness of God and God actually is at, at work to bring about, um, the good it's freeing as a, as a pastor, I think to know that through all the mistakes that we've lived through and God is still transforming our hearts and still, pursuing us and still gracious with us and and moving and working through us and in us that we don't have to be perfect. I think there's a fear as a as a pastor or a ministry leader that you're like, man, I might I might jack this up. I might I might mess this guy up or it's this, all on this me. girl up. It's yeah. on me. <clears throat> and not that you intentionally, you know, maliciously like you know sending people the wrong direction but there's a lot of freedom in that knowing like man god's the one that's doing the work god is in the business of transforming hearts and he's simply using me as a tool and a a vessel for his glory and for um for his honor so then you can tell someone that saul changed his name to paul okay god changed his name and then i'll i have the needle you can tell them that stuff and they're not gonna you're not gonna screw them up apparently yes because i've done it and god still (laughs) for whatever reason allows me to be in a ministry role i don't know we'll see you after this podcast yeah yeah yeah, we'll see (laughs) (laughs) i am sitting sitting next to my boss so (laughs) he might be like actually I, now that I know that you have taught the broken lamb illust- or broken leg of the lamb <laughs> illustration, I don't think this is a good fit for you. You're, you're banned from preaching <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, six like, months. Like, you're good. gonna have to take a seat. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Well, Reg defined the idea that we're striving for perfection, mm. but the only way we ever attain perfection is through Jesus, being united with Him. Mm. That's the only way. Right. It's the only way that perfection comes about, right? Yeah, because he was the one that was And it's the idea of everyone can sin, but no one has to sin, right? Mm. That that balance of, I have a choice every day. Am I going to make the right choice every time? No. But I'm so thankful that Jesus did because he came while we were still sinners Mm -hmm. to do what we could not do but we're joint heirs with him, so in turn, we really did do it because he did it. Right. Once I unify myself, it's not a personal relationship with Jesus, really, even though we use that word that we want it to be personal. I'm unified with Jesus. You're joining him. He's yeah. not joining you. Uh, yeah. I. But I was crucified with him. I died with him, but right. I rose with him. Well, and I think also the the underlying darkness of our striving for perfection has nothing to do with Jesus, and it has nothing to do with uh, holiness, sanctification, whatever term you want to use. It has to do with our desire to show everyone 
how good we are. And so we want to get this perfection. We want to be perfect in front of everyone. That's why I don't want to show anybody my skeletons or shadow because I want to, I want underlying. It's real dark. It's in, it's in my heart where it has nothing to do with Jesus. It's all my control, which is narcissism, which we've talked about before on this podcast. It becomes look at me. And I have this whole, I have this whole thing I'm working on. I maybe eventually write a book. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not, but I keep saying it, but that's just stupid. The idea that it's more like Satan than it is like Jesus. So our desire for perfection truly reflects our shadow more than it reflects Jesus. Because Jesus says, all of you who are burdened and broken and heavy laden, come to me and find rest. And yet we're like, hey, Jesus, can you just hold on a minute? I got to fix this thing. And if I fix it, then I'm going to come because then I'm going to be worth coming. And oh, so that's super Jesus. satanic. Yeah. You know Shoot. what I'm saying? It's not godly. And so the rest is, even in our church and in your church, the rest is for our people is like, <laughs> hey guys, just hang out with me for a bit. And you'll see all my brokenness. You'll see all my darkness. And you'll even see the crap that I'm really trying to overcome. And yet I can rest and have joy and I can have peace and I can have happiness like your dad was looking for. Right. Because it's not about my actions. Like there's something that was already settled in the past. Actually, in eternity past, according to what Scripture says in First Peter, it says God chose this before anything was even created. He chose Jesus to be that, that substitute. So it was already settled in eternity past. And so today I can rest in my imperfection. Praise God. And I think what our legalistic upbringing was, well, yes, I know that, but that gives people a license to live like heathens, so we can't let them in on that secret. <laughs> like that's a secret that they can learn someday, but they can't know it now. They got to conform. Right. And that's just so dark. Because we attach our, even sometimes our holiness to how we have been able to or not able to transform people. Exactly, exactly. And if we can point to, well, because I trained so-and-so or because I walked through this with so-and-so and they are now like yeah, this. We have our list I that we're going to show God when we get to heaven someday. Yes. Hey, I did this stuff, so let me in. Yeah, and it's like And the, we're telling people it's grace alone, but we don't even believe it for ourselves. <sighs> wow. Shoot. Mm. So that's crazy. Um, we're not necessarily that we're over time because I said on our last podcast, two and a half hours, my goal, man, that's my goal, but not today, <laughs> not today. Not but today. I, we, you and I did something, our churches did something that was kind of unique. So our church is a non-denominational church. We're like unaffiliated, but we love our community and we want the best for our community. Your church is denominationally tied and yet you have some freedom to, to express and to fellowship and to do things you want to do. Earlier this year, we got an opportunity to actually like merge our churches for several weeks. Um, for me, it was a blast. It was one of the one of the highlights of the year so far of us, uh, two different churches, two different um, seemingly from the outside, you know, denominational ties and all that stuff. And yet we got to come together as as believers, worship and share the the stage together. And all that. So that was a blast. Was so uh, let's talk about that for a minute, because I think people would be surprised that know us like know me and maybe even know you that we would even come to a conclusion that hey, I'm going to give you teaching over my people, and then I'm going to turn around and give you teaching over my people. It, it doesn't make sense. You know what I'm right. saying? People don't do that because our life is, oh, no, 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 you got you to gotta stay away from them because they're going to corrupt my people. And we didn't feel that way. We don't feel that way. We feel like God's bigger and he's got something bigger going on. So yeah. what was that to you, I mean, as well? It was remarkable because, you know, we almost grew up in going to conferences and people yeah. asking us, what is your church doing that no other church is doing? 
right? Because you've got to do stuff that they're not doing so that you can get people, right? Right. right. And so it's competition. The, it's competition, and I've always hated that. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. always hated it. Me too. So, you know, uh, for us, it was a unique situation that we had to find a place to have a building. I mean, we didn't have a building, didn't have a place to have church. So we were just like, well, you know, we're coming out of COVID. We'll just do church online. Yeah. And then talking with Jesse and Jesse's like, babe, should you call Pastor Ray and see if maybe you could do something together? And I was like, no, nah, man. I mean, he'll feel obligated to say yes. So even if he won't, even if he doesn't want to, yeah. he's yeah. going to say that. And then, you know, you call, I had reached out to you and asked for prayer because I was just struggling. Cause it's just like, oh gosh, this is so awful. It's terrible. I don't even know what to do. And then you called me and was like, hey man, no pressure to feel, to say one way or another. You don't have to feel obligated at all. But what if we did something together? And I was like, dude, I was literally just talking about that two days ago. (laughs) So for us, it was very freeing in the idea that two churches could fellowship together, could uh, even say, hey, Pastor Ray, be be in leadership over my congregation. Right. Come and do it. Maybe these people will come and maybe they'll like Bethel better. Right, <laughs> and that's maybe, what all our friends said. All our yeah. friends are like, "Aren't you guys scared you, that uh, you know your people are going to leave your church for the other church?" And I'm like, "Man, if they do, that's probably what they need to do. <laughs> right. yeah. They're going to be happy at family we, church, happier." You know, almost done this where these are my sheep and I have to protect them from you. Right. Compared to, wow, man, can't we just be happy that people would go to church in general? Yeah, we happen to be these under shepherds of the congregation of God, and yet we've taken ownership over our sheep, let's say, quote unquote, and we're yeah. afraid that any other shepherd's going to touch them. And I'm like, well, I'm an under shepherd. You are too. We work for the same guy. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? You know? So for me, it was very freeing because I had yeah. never really seen it done, and I loved it. And for us, we talked about that it was it was one of the highlights, that we would be welcomed in, that we would be uh, released to, you know, when I came, you said, Hey man, you know, since it's last minute, cause we decided on a Friday, Friday night, night. <laughs> a Friday night to do it that coming Sunday. So we recorded something Saturday morning. We did all that. You said, Hey, I've already got a sermon. I'll, pre- I'll preach this Sunday, but next Sunday you preach. Yeah. So the idea of that and the camaraderie, I think really shifted a lot of people's mindset and maybe even broke some stuff in our community that I'm hoping we can continue breaking it for in sure. The future broke something in our in a good way in our church and i know it did in your church so our two fellow our two congregations our two church bodies it did something with us but then as a ripple effect kind of like a tidal wave it kind of messed up some other people in our community in a good way yeah you know and and for some background uh woody started a church four years ago how many years ago yeah four yeah 2017 2017 started a church in yukon oklahoma which we happened to be in i came to yukon in 2016 and so i had already been pastoring here at bethel and the church is 40 some years old so i'd been pastoring at bethel for a year so i met woody that first year that you started actually you guys started and people were like oh there's another church in yukon i was like sweet there's another church in yukon you know it's because like our community is large our canadian county is large and there's no way a couple churches can do it and so i was like we met and just hit it off i mean i think i think uh woody and i in the parking lot rambled on for hours i mean it was like my hands were freezing it was in the winter and i was was like it was january i think we just carried around a mic with you you know it was incredible so when i met him i was like man the next time i see woody i gotta like make sure that i cut it down to 10 minutes because it's like we i mean i don't even know i seriously was like three hours in the parking lot it was and so but anyway they kind of sparked a relationship so so to kind of catch everybody up you know pastor woody started a church that was mobile based on the church plant 
Well, then God gave them a building and they were remodeling and they hadn't get their occupancy. And so he let go of his rental property because they told him he would have occupancy. Well, then he's in this no man's land with no place to gather. And he's like, well, we're just going to go online. It'll be okay. And it just was something that I talked to, to Ruben, talked to our team. And I was like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't remember if it was like, hey, guys, this is what we're going to do. Or, hey, should we do this? But it was just like it needed to happen. Yeah. And awesome. It was supposed to be two weeks. Ended up being three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, what a cool experience, really. And I think some of my people, actually, I say my people loosely, I think some of Bethel people actually went over there for a little bit to see, okay, so is this just them on this Sunday they were here, or is this who they are? And it helped us say, no, this is sweet. I mean, we we actually can fellowship and, and cooperate. And so we're hoping over time to do more of this. You know, yeah. uh, we're planning another one coming up. And so for me, it's so freeing because it's not about me. It's about what God's doing in Yukon or in mm-hmm. our surrounding area, yeah. you know? And it was cool because there were some people that got on and tagged yep. your people saying, hey, we're going to get to go to church together because they knew each other. They knew each other from work or from going to school together or however, yeah. but they were excited that we got to do that. And a lot of the times us Christians, man, we do, we segregate. Yeah. You guys are over here. We're over here. We're over there. They're over here doing this and we don't do anything together. And Yukon really is a unique area, even from the ministerial Alliance, which is where you and I met. Right. We showed up to a, to, to a meeting together and we realized, wow, I really do want you yeah. to succeed. And I really want, and I can tell that you really want me to succeed and that we are trying to succeed at what? Growing the largest church? No. Impacting our community. That our community would have a relationship (laughs) with Jesus, but in a way that's not, you got to do this to meet him. Right. He actually loves you and and we love our community. Um, We in our minister alliance too, this is like, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but we have, um, you know, uh, you're part of the IPHC, which Mm -hmm. is what? International Pentecostal Holiness Church. Okay, International Pentecostal Holiness. We're not a denominational community church. We have our friend Lutheran, Lutheran friend yep. Mark. Yep. We have um, a couple other non-denominational, you know, good fi- good news, good fight. Uh, but we also have um, the uh, Methodist Church, and then we have the First Christian, and then we have a couple of the Christian church, churches. Church of Christ. Yeah, church, the, we have church of Christ that's there yep. as well. Catholic that's there. The <laughs> Southern Baptist. Uh, Southern the Baptist. Baptist. Independent. Well, Independent Baptist. I have a hard time getting them to come, but they they're invited. They're, yeah. uh, but then also um, the uh, uh, I'm missing one. Tom or Tim. Yeah, the Life Church. Life Church. The other Tim. Oh. Uh, Episcopal. Episcopal Church. And so oh, yeah, this yeah. alliance of pastors has nothing to do with theological differences. It has to do with a love for the community and right. wanting the community to better. Yep. And I think there's the cool difference that we get to experience. And I don't know of any other place that does it like that. Me either. Um, Absolutely. I don't. And it's not that we're all going to agree on theological things, but our meetings aren't about theological differences or this is what we're doing to get better or we're doing better than you. It's right. all about, hey, guys. How can we pray together? Hey guys, what's happening in our community that needs help or attention? What a awesome thing it is. It's it beautiful. really has been I love awesome. Uh, we also do, we're trying to do, we've done it once and we're doing it a couple other times. One ch- uh, church in the park. So one church in the park, that's fun. Um, other things together. So yeah. anyway, that's well, been 20 a 20 churches gathered together for the school yeah, supplies. Just last drive. weekend, yeah. I mean, 20 churches, that's unheard of. 20 yeah. churches to gather together for one event to do one thing, to love on our community, to spread the love of Jesus, and to meet a need that they have, which is school supplies. Yeah, awesome. Over yeah, a thousand amazing. over a thousand families came, got backpacks, and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was really awesome. That was really cool. So uh, this this friendship and this um, 
kind of an interesting breaking down of barriers. If you take me back 20 years ago, I never would have imagined that this would be a reality only because of the bubble that I was in. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like, we're right, they're wrong. Why would I ever waste my time? And you guys probably thought the same thing. And then we get together and we're like, oh crap, we're the same thing. We're the same. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's something that unifies us with Jesus, you know, yep. there's nothing Absolutely. else. So that's really cool. It's yeah. been a blessing. Um, so an hour and 40 minutes, Ruben. Oh, it's good. It's Super good. So go we do, s- you need to, okay. <laughs> we're going to let you we're, go. We're going to say the quiet go. part we're gonna, out loud here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my I'm legs, squirming. I, I'm shaking my leg. <laughs> Woody's, Woody's <laughs> having trouble here. So, hey, why don't you go to the restroom and I'll ask you one question and we'll, we'll wrap up. So, um, hey, Ruben, just kind of uh, as, we're, as we're letting Woody do his business. <laughs> <laughs> this is truly unedited. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. No, um, what's something that you've got going on right now? Maybe something you're drinking, watching, addicted to since um, the last time we talked. I'm trying to think. This it's been a crazy it's been a crazy summer. It's I feel busy. like we yeah, we've we've been busy. Um Jordan and I are are still I don't know if I talked about this before, but that show Manifest. You said it got kind yes. of, it got kind of I stopped weird. watching they, it, so. Well, they actually, th- I heard that they were potentially going to pick it up again for a season four, no but way. not confirmed yet. Um, so we're on season three. We know it's not going to end. Uh, it's going to end with a cliffhanger and we're going to be left wanting more. Mad. But You're gonna be mad. Yeah. But it's, uh, we've, we've been enjoying it. It's getting kind of, it's starting to get kind of sci-fi, but it's, hmm. it, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, I'm watching that timeless thing still. It's, it's called oh, timeless. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and it's, I put it, that on my list. It's intriguing. We're in season two. I don't know how many seasons it is, but it's season two. And it's intriguing because the thought of changing one thing in the past and how that would change the future. Yeah. And so they're time traveling. It's very sci-fi, but they're going into historical events. It's, it's, it's interesting, but yeah. it's getting a little weird now. So it is, it is, you know, they, I think eventually a show has to get weird. Because yeah, how how is they going to keep people in, in engaged? Keep you keep you in. Yeah, it is intriguing because I think about my own life and all the, even the conversation with Woody this the today. What would you, if anything, go back and change that wouldn't that wouldn't affect who you are today? And right. it's hard to like. I don't know if that's even. I mean, it's obviously not proper time travel <laughs> unless someone knows something. I don't know is not right. Doesn't is not real, but. If anything, would there be anything that you'd go back and change knowing that it would affect your current reality? Right. And even the bad stuff. Right. Right. Like even the stuff that you hated that you either had to go through or chose to go through, you know, it's, right. it's a, that's an interesting, interesting thought. I don't know. I mean, knowing what I know now, I mean, there's a lot having, of pain and there's a lot of heartache and there's a lot of stupid decisions that you think, yeah, I changed that, but it's actually... I am who I am right now because of that. Yeah. So tweaking something. I mean, even in the show, people have lost like spouses are no longer in the current timeline because mm. they changed something oh. and their siblings and family members. It's like one little tweak and you're just, you screwed up the whole reality. Oh, that's interesting. And it's like, that's the stuff that's hard. It's a show called Timeless that I'm watching. It's mm. kind of, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, I haven't. he's watching Manifest. I'm watching Timeless. Ooh, Is there anything you're watching that, so you watch Manifest? Mm-hmm. Did you finish it? No, I mean, it's not over yet. Well, they no, canceled it, but that's why he's like... They canceled it 
after season three, but there's talk that they're going to pick it back up. So, because so many they're people are going to be hanging, you're going to be like, Tip. so many oh, people. Man. I know. Don't I shouldn't have told you that. You shouldn't have told me that. I, I'm still all watching I saw it. Was that they were gonna that they were gonna do another season? So, are you yeah. done with three? Are you done mm-hmm. up to three? Oh, he's already. Did they leave you hanging? Oh, you already finished three. Uh-huh. Did they leave oh, you hanging? See, we're on season yeah. three. Yeah. So I mean, it, you, there's a uh, definite like, wow. But I kind of liked it because I. So if it ended, you wouldn't be too ticked. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I would. I would understand, but they have not told us. Oh, what happened? We still don't know. I think they're still writing it because I don't know if you ever were in the lost world, but lost was, I mean, I loved it. And then that last episode, I was like, uh, you guys had plenty of time to come up with a great ending and you chose this. What? Yeah, then <laughs> My friends that loved weird. lost. They hated it was just frustrating because they said it wasn't going to yeah. be that. And then it ended up being what they said it wasn't going to be. Because I was a nerd, man. Christy and I would watch it, listen to the podcast, follow the web stuff. We'd do all the secret stuff. I mean, it was like we were in deep. And I'm yeah. like, you told us this wasn't going to happen like this. And you did. You tricked yeah. us. Mm. So I was frustrated with that. But yeah, is there anything I, you're watching that you're like addicted to or something you're drinking that you're addicted to? Something that you're doing that you really enjoy that's new? Um, it's not new, but I am really addicted to Java Monsters. Java? What is that? So it's a energy drink, but it's coffee. oh no oh oh. So it's so where do you it's get made it? by Monster? Okay, oh, it's called okay. Java Monster, and they've got different flavors. So they've got a mean so you're bean, a monster addict, a dude? mocha, yeah, oh, yeah. You want dude, that? That's like, tells that's me like a lot. Coffee, coffee no, that tells me a lot of information. Oh yeah, that tells me a lot of information about you. Woody. That, that yeah, that's why you're always so wired. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but I limit them. Like Jesse's like, babe, I'll just buy these here, and I'm like, no, don't do that because I will drink one. I will just as often as they're there because. I think it tastes really good. And I hate regular monsters. Yeah. Yeah. They're not that good. Yeah. But these Java ones, and they've got like a salted caramel one. Oh, snap. They've got a mocha one. I better not try them. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I save them so that I can, I can, uh, I can drink them when I need them. You know, it's like, (laughs) I'm gonna, oh, you did an all nighter thing a few weeks ago that you probably needed several of them. That thing up in Kansas. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I need, I bought several and drank them in the morning and then drank one in the afternoon again. That's funny. Dude, have yeah. you tried that Coke coffee? coffee? I have. What did you think about it? I thought it was all right. I really yeah. liked it, but it was a lot of caffeine. Like I yeah. was like, eh. it, was like <laughs> it, it messed me up. Jesse and I bought one. And we <laughs> shared it up. together. We both were kind of like, I mean. I yeah. bought it. Ruben bought it. I, I, it left me dude, wanting more coffee taste. Me too. Like I wanted it, more. It, it still tasted like, a little bit more, too much like Coke. But it really like, it literally revved <laughs> yeah. me up, man. Yeah, the Java <laughs> Monsters, when you drink really them, it tastes, because it's cold. You know, and I think the colder the better, but Ooh. it it tastes a lot like coffee. So I really, really like that. Okay. See, and I, uh, I drink those uh, stupid Starbucks double shot energy deals. Have you had those? It's kind of uh, like that monster yeah, thing, I, yeah. I imagine. They're extra large. I can't drink them too much, but every every six months or I'll grab one whole. Mm. That's so good. Uh, yeah. So, and then I was super addicted to Manifest. So we watched all of it and I was really sad that it was there because I did want to know. Don't tell me how it ends. I'm, I'm so not going to, okay. but there's just the idea. If you've never seen the show, the oh, idea yeah. is that they're getting these callings. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so it's voices in their head or visions that they're seeing. And people are saying, you're crazy. That's not really true. But then it's like, well, cool. How'd I find these people that were kidnapped in this place? How would I have known that? Right. Well, and know? for people that want to know the premise is like manifest is they're flying back from Hawaii or where was Jamaica. it? Jamaica. Jamaica. So they're flying back to the States from Jamaica and for them, it's just a flight. But for everyone else, like three years pass. 
Five, five, yeah. five years. So there you go. See, it's been a while since I've seen that first. So season. they land and everybody's like what freaking the heck? out you because they've been gone yeah. for five years. Most of them have had funerals for the people because they right. thought they were dead. Right. Yeah. Couldn't they've find moved anything. On, they've yeah. remarried. They've, yeah. oh, I mean, five years. Yeah. Yeah. And so now Got they land stuff. and all these people that for them it's overnight. It's like, yeah, what no crap? time has gone by for me, but for you, I've been gone from your life for five years. And so I'm. So think about the last five years. I mean, you can't even remember what you did five years ago. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing, you know? So unless, unless Time Hop it's an uh, interesting, shows you well, what true. you did. That's why I watch Time Hop. So interesting premise to a show. I'm watching Timeless. I don't know. You need to watch it. It's pretty yeah, interesting. I need to check it's it out, good. It's Is there anything else you're watching list. like in place of Manifest? I mean, I watch, we, we are friends addicts, ah, so we oh, watch yeah. friends over and over and over and, you know, then they took it off Netflix, so I had to start buying it, yeah. which what I did True. is I just bought the first season like, gotcha. and finish it by the second season. And then now it's going to, we'll have it bought on Prime here in another few months. We'll have bought all the seasons. Yeah. They did the same thing with Office, man. Ticked me off. They well, that's why you had to Netflix. watch it real fast. Yeah, I did. I had, I binged it at the end because we were like, we got to watch this one more time. Except the last <laughs> season is just so dumb but whatever ah, no i thought it ended good no I, yeah come on i've watched the office a it was little good. bit but i never really ugh, it's terrible to say but i just couldn't get into it. have you ever watched Park, yeah, parks and rec so awkward. and i tried that one and oh, you gotta parks get past the rec. first episode yeah man. you got first you episode gotta get, so parks and rec i did watch the first episode only and was like nope i'm out nah, but with out. the office i've watched the whole first season and i'm still like i mean it's not as good as friends but i also but in the day <laughs> it was classic i think today we have too much political correctness to even yep. appreciate oh it. man you know that saying? show came out today. it's so awkward well Talk they've actually banned some episodes down. they just don't even yeah, show them because they they're shut just... it would have been shut down yeah. like what's well, the same thing with friends so cool. when you oh. watch friends you see some stuff and you're like yeah dude i'm so surprised i watched yeah. friends in the like, 90s because it's just like really <laughs> yeah is this okay yeah wow so, but then i oh, also man. probably another one you know if we're gonna say the quiet part out loud but i love rules of engagement dude i've never seen that what is that i watched that show so the idea is that there's this married couple that's been married for a long time there's a guy that never wants to be married he's just a womanizer <laughs> and then there's an engaged couple that's trying to get married and these people are or this guy is like why 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 are you trying to get married why are you, <laughs> why are you trying to ruin your life man don't you see mine you know and so oh no. it's like rules of engagement but it's just a funny sitcom of no. them interacting and they they uh they go and one guy is he works for his dad's billion dollar company and he does nothing so he basically gets paid to do nothing all day you know mm. so there's that guy but then there's other people and it's like i i don't know i just love the dichotomy of it and it's just it's funny but if people ever watched the show they'd be like oh my gosh i can't you believe you watched the show what the uh -oh. heck and so i you know <laughs> be careful who listens to this rabbit hole ramble i can't let's just, say that let's you just hope at uh what disclaimer hour or don't past two watch hours? what i just watched but i'm watching it that's, what, watching. that's what he said are we past two hours yet? <laughs> don't do what i do do what i say do what that's I say. Just, yeah that's it that's yeah. it's real good yeah. <laughs> It's classic. Do as parenting. I do as I say and not do as I do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's so bad. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Well, we better get off here before we say something real stupid. We're just gonna keep going. That's awesome. That's true. So this has been awesome, Woody. We'll have to we'll have to have you back one of these days yeah. if you survive this episode and the release, because there's people that are close to you that are gonna hear it probably. Because I'm tagging you in it. I'm going to publish oh, it. It's going to be like. Publish it, share it on oh, yeah. whatever you All got. your IPHC people are going to be like, what the Oh, you're going to be like, what did we do? Well, you know. You're going to get kicked out. Come on. I may ask He's you about to be non I may ask you for a job later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. How can, how can people follow you if they want to check in with you or track you or what you guys are doing? How can uh, so the only social media that I have is Facebook. 
Um, and so, you know, you can go there. Okay. About the is it under Woodrow? It's under Walter. Or it's under, Woody. No, <laughs> under Woody. So it's under okay. Woody Burpo. Okay, good. So, yeah, so you can find me there, and, uh, you know, all my information's there. My phone number's even on it. Oh, snap. Uh-oh. Dude. So, I mean. You published it. Real crazy. He's he's the Dang. real deal. All right. He's sweet. like, here it is. It is what it is. I get a lot of calls, a lot of texts <laughs> from weird that's, things. That's interesting. That's so funny, dude. Interesting, man. <laughs> I don't. Mine's not published on Facebook. I'm, I'm, I haven't uh, leaped there, but a lot of people hey, have my number. No man. I don't know how people have Facebook. it, but a lot of people have my number. So. Yeah, hey, it's because um, I keep giving it out. Uh, <laughs> rabbit hole ramble. We'd love to like um, hear from you. So hello at rabbitholeramble.com. Send yeah. us an email. Social media. The only thing we're on is Instagram. Instagram at so rabbit hole ramble. We barely can manage that. So that's about. <laughs> that's yeah. the only one we can manage. So you can send us an email. We or, post every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, every great once in a while. Or send us a message on a DM us on a on Instagram. Yeah. Or just like and comment on our pictures. Also, this is like something that you have to do with the podcast: like, share, follow. It helps to get the word out. Rate it. Right, rate it um, only with five stars. Only, yeah. Don't mess up well, our five star <laughs> yeah, run. Don't, don't don't jack with our. Someone's gonna rating, so someone's gonna get on there, and give us a zero. And <laughs> yeah, like, they're gonna be like, uh, "Can I yeet. give a can I give a negative rating?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think you can only do that on Apple though. Apple Podcasts I know. does the rating. Spotify, Spotify you can't. You no, they don't let you do that. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. But there's all sorts of other things, you know, like Google and Pandora yeah. and. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, you could rate on it, or you could all sorts review on Google and that kind of stuff. Yeah, whatever, so wherever you get your, your podcast, desire. You know, yeah, just help us out. All right, well, this has been the Rabbit Hole Ramble. I'm Ray, and I'm Ruben, and I'm Woody. Yay! <laughs> he almost forgot and his name. The, he almost forgot his name <laughs> for like, a second. He's like, is it Walter? Woody. Is it Woodrow or Woody? Woody? I don't know which one yeah. it is. But. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and oh. this has been the Rabbit Hole Ramble. This podcast where we say the quiet part out loud. Sweet. We have said the quiet part out loud. And this is officially our longest episode. Nailed it. Ever. Did we get to two and a half hours? Oh no. 153. Oh, 153. Not even past two. Welcome, that's, Woody. Welcome. That's good. We our can, longest we can, podcast we can ever. Say, yeah, we can say it's still under two hours. It's still under two hours. <laughs> it's like something in 1999. You're like, oh, I want that. <laughs> so you jokers that are still listening. Awesome. Peace. See you later. G- oh, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>